Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, hello, amigas. How are you? This is Jackie, your your host of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I have exciting news. Our event is being hosted in Los Angeles at the Friendly Hills Country Club, March 24th. And please go get your tickets because this will sell out soon. Right now we have an Aquarian special. So we will post the link here in our show notes so that you can go ahead, grab it and get it. You can also find the tickets for this amazing event on my Instagram handle, which is Jackie underscore Tavia dot one. Go ahead and follow me there and you have an entry into one of the most amazing women's event. Last year, we had so much fun. This year is going to be even better because we have many more experts and many more women who are poderosas sharing their tactics, their hooks, everything that makes them super powerful. So, amigas, go ahead and grab the link and meet us March 24 this year. So, anyways, my loves, please go grab that link. Go pay for your ticket. I can guarantee it's going to be an amazing event. And we we look so forward to seeing you at the Empowered Amiga movement. So, now I want to turn the keys and talk about this special soul. She's my providence sister. Her name is Stephanie de Leonardis, and she's a modern-day mystic with deep passion for shamanic healing arts. She guides people in deep soul healing journeys by serving as a spiritual awakening coach, as well as through the use of amphibian medicine. She has worked trained and studied with Bufu Alvarius Toad for over five years and has been initiated by the Seri tribe of Sonora, Mexico to carry this medicine. She's also certified practitioner with the Amazonian tree frog Cambo 
through International Association of Campbell Practitioners. Her mission is to open hearts and spread the message of love to all those she serves. And I'll tell you this much. She is so, so amazing and kind and really is a person that holds space and meets you where you're at. And in these shamanic journeys, she gets to help you and support you and lead you to where your journey takes you. So without further ado, this is my beautiful, lovely Providence sister, Stephanie. Stephanie De Leonardis. Did I mutilate your last name or, or yeah, did I say it in a very poetic way? De Leonardis is how we usually say it or De Leonardis, but De Leonardis, De Leonardis sounds much more romantic. So we'll go. <laughs> well, welcome, Stephanie. Jamika Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. So amigas out there. So how can I explain this? I think once in a while, you are given a gift, a gift to explore and to dive really deeply. Mm -hmm. And this time around, the gift was to explore medicine. And what I mean by that, there are so many types of medicine. We got our Western medicine, we got our Eastern medicine, we got our plant medicine. And so when you are gifted the opportunity to endeavor into plant medicine, my suggestion is be open, open to it. I think oftentimes people have this fear element. But if we think about it, at least for Latinos, I don't remember a time as a little girl when we didn't use Mother Earth to heal our wounds, to heal ourselves. And so I think those of us who live now in America, there's been um, so much a push for the synthetic version of medicine versus the actual Mother Earth type of medicine. And so Stephanie here is an expert in plant medicine. She's been hosting these amazing retreats and ceremonies, in particular with one element, if you will, of medicine. And we'll, we'll, we'll dive deep in that, that realm. But Stephanie is a shaman. And I've been so fortunate to meet her, to be amongst this sisterhood where we get to really hold space for one another. And so for me, it was super important to have her here to talk to us about the shamanic healing arts, about what plant medicine can do. And then also, you know, how we can be a part of something so huge that is happening in the collective when it comes to Mother Earth and really tapping into our divine gifts and talents. So before we get into all that, amigas, I want to have a little bit of background for you all regarding Stephanie, who she is, where she's from, and then we'll dive into all things plant medicine. So Stephanie, welcome, Amiga, to uh, Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Gracias, Amiga. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for your introduction and for your inviting me on your podcast and just honored to be here. So yes, my name is Stephanie Delinardis. I live in Houston, Texas. My mother is from a small town close to Guadalajara, 
in Mexico. So I am half Mexican and my father's uh, side is Italian. But say this was definitely not in my scope of ideas of what I would be doing. You know, I, I feel that a lot in my life, I, I struggled to really find my purpose. I felt very different in many ways, even as a young child, like supremely sensitive to energies and found myself highly reactive emotionally to just things that I would feel. And this was not perceived or understood by my family and is, is not very well perceived or understood in our society and therefore was misdiagnosed and mistaken for severe depression and other diagnoses. And at a very young age was um, was put on what I would call drugs, psychiatric drugs, an attempt to help. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that when there's unconscious inability to perceive or understand something, people react and move towards their level of understanding with a set of tools that they perceive as as valuable or helpful. So no fault to anyone involved in that process. And looking back, it's all perfect. It was part of the training, part of the the curriculum, so to speak, of understanding humanity, understanding mental illness, understanding spiritual illness, and how in, in my experience, Western medicine failed me in that sense because what I was suffering from or, or what I was attuning to was psychic and spiritual gifts that were not understood and was being treated through chemicals. And therefore, at an age 12, beginning to consume these chemicals, it alters the, the brain. And then being really just, I was a rebel. I was very rebellious and just wanted to buck the system. I knew that there was a lot of, I could sense that there was a lot of things that just were not coherent. It didn't feel in alignment with where my spirit was wanting to go and yet feeling like, well, this is the way that the world acts and and this is what we do. And so therefore, you have to do whatever you need to do to fit in that box. So I suffered a lot of trauma through the years. And so there's this beautiful Dr. Gabor Mate, he's a doctor in Canada who helps a lot of heroin addicts heal. And once he started working with plant medicine, he understood, you know, and and now navigates and guides people with these modalities. But he speaks a lot about trauma. And so I think often trauma is misunderstood in our society too. And we try and, and treat it or heal, attempt to heal that trauma through modalities that aren't necessarily really healing the actual wound. So a little bit more into my lifestyle. So I, I became really disconnected from, from myself and felt as so was perceived as there's something wrong with Stephanie. And so we got to fix her and we're going to put her on these drugs. And then that just led to more rebellion and fighting against doing that. And that just, so it was like literally trauma was compounding upon trauma. I got involved into illegal drugs and, and alcohol at a very young age and found myself finding any way to disconnect from from myself. And through years of this fight, this battle of being labeled and, and perceived in this light of something that I was not, and the soul, the spirit within me, feeling that there's another way in this, this fight, this dance that was between authenticity and integrity of truth and of honoring self versus submitting to society and what 
is collectively perceived as the proper way to show up and to live life. It took years for me to get to a place where I was open to options or opportunities to bring life back in and inspire because I was so depressed. I really, I will say that I really did not want to live for, for a long time. And so I found myself addicted to substances and, and people and just lived a very, very dark life for a long time that I really didn't think I would be able to get out from underneath the grips of the despair and the darkness. I found myself, because of all of these happenings of just trying, you know, to destroy my, my life and my awareness to, to the inability to connect to something great. I was introduced to meditation by a chiropractor that was treating me for an injury that I'd had in, in the midst of the just traumatic chaos that I was living in those years. And when I was seeing this chiropractor, she was sharing with me about meditation and was sharing with me some information that she had learned that really resonated. I was like, this sounds familiar, but I've never heard this. And I was interested. It was it was something new. And I had been calling. Here's the thing. As I got to a point, even after recovering from the addiction and learning to live a life that was I guess, supported and honored by society, you know, started just getting my life back together. This isn't normal functioning. I still felt that there was something missing. I'm like, okay, well, cool. I've gotten the drugs out of my life. The, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, hold a job and, and have, a, you know, get my own apartment again and all these kinds of things, have stability. But there was still this void. There was still something that was that felt missing. I felt myself in this loop of just getting up, going to work, coming home, doing my art, like in this just very, just predictable, mundane routine way that felt empty. And so I'm like, okay, well, I've done all this work to overcome all of these intense traumas and and pains and addictions. And yet I'm still feeling that sense of like, there's something more. So that's when I was working with the chiropractor and I was hearing this, I'm like, this feels familiar and unfamiliar and I'm interested. It feels like it's opening a door to something different. And so I went and I started, I went to a a retreat with Dr. Joe Dispenza. It was my first meditation workshop and I was blown away and it just like ignited this, this, it opened my heart and it opened my mind to finally be able to see that and understand it was the first time that I was able to believe or had heard that I was a co-creator creating my reality. And so that was the first key that began, that unlocked me. And then I had also had heard about and had been reading about plant medicine, particularly ayahuasca, and didn't know anybody who had worked with this medicine, but I felt a calling and it was like an energetic, I mean, I felt like a pull, like physically almost, to go to the jungles of Peru to work with this medicine. And so in 2017, January, so um, that was my first journey into the jungle and uh, my first connection with the medicine. And not the medicine that I work with today, ironically, but it was it was the catalyst to open me and to bring me back home. That was the feeling when I uh, finally broke through with that was this has been here all along. This thing that people call God, I felt so distant from. 
until I connected with the plant medicine and I realized it was here all along and it wasn't at all what I thought it would be, but it was embodied in pure, unconditional, divine love and that that lived within me and it was all around me the whole time. So that was what my kind of history, how I got there. And then later that year, a shaman came to a community uh, that serves sacred medicines outside of Houston. And I had my first experience with Bufo. And it was uh, the most familiar, unfamiliar remembrance, knowing connection of the spirit of the toad, which I now guide people in these transformational journeys um, with with that particular okay. So I got to stop you because you, you just dropped so much gold <laughs> that I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So for those amigas out there that are not familiar with plant medicine, what is ayahuasca? Just sure. so that we can go back because not everybody is familiar. So I really want them to get an understanding from an expert such as yourself. So ayahuasca is a brew that it's two different plants. It's a vine, which is called ayahuasca, nicknamed the um, the vine of the dead, and another plant, the chacruna. So these, uh, it's a, a leaf and a vine that are brewed together by healers, shamans that have have studied this lineage and have been passed down this tra- these traditions since the beginning. I mean, so I don't. It's been thousands of years, I would assume. The plants have been here forever. And it's Um, in Latin America, right? It's native to the Amazon. So yes, in regions of Brazil, Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, you know, the ayahuasca vine is native to these regions. And so there are different tribes that they cook this medicine over different periods of time with intention, with prayer. And then that, that is the medicine that's, that we drink to open up to spiritual, to realms beyond what the eyes can meet, beyond third dimensional existence. And we call it medicine because it, it reaches into the depths of the soul. And so many people, and we are having, seems like an eruption of awareness of people that are becoming more interested and open to alternative medicine than what we've been, you know, conditioned. And most people just think, well, this is, this is it, which, in my personal experience, tended to symptoms that were necessary at times. I, I, I'm not here to uh, mean discount or deny people of, this was my experience. Uh, it served its time in certain periods of time, but it didn't go into the reason why I was suffering or why I was abusing myself or, or wanting to hurt myself or disconnect from life. That is the difference in my perspective between a drug and a medicine, because a medicine is going to work to the root. It will bring things to the surface for one to observe that's been lodged in their subconscious that I have yet to find any other modality. Sometimes I think meditation also will bring through things, but the plants are master teachers that uh, aid in that, that resurrection of dormant information to allow for true healing to occur. Dormant information to allow for true healing to occur. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, okay. So then, all right. So we have ayahuasca, but then we also have these other different types of plant medicines. Can you like elaborate on those? There's so many uh, plants that, and, and animals that contain secretions or, or tryptamines that are 
can be utilized and are utilized for healing, many of which I am not familiar with. So I, I don't claim to be an actual expert. I'm a student and a teacher, and I always want to remain that way, you know, to be a humble student as I'm, as I'm guiding people as well. And the plants just, I, I find, have a way of doing that. So here in North America, I mean, our, our ancestors, the natives, you know, often worked with peyote, cactus, grandfather medicine. So that exists. Um, this San Pedro is another cactus. You know, we've got in all sorts of regions, different types of mushrooms are used for, you know, spiritual purposes. And I work with amphibian medicine. So I work with a toad that is native to the Sonoran Desert, the Sonoran Desert toad, also known as Bufo alvarius. And I also work with Combo. It's a combo is the is a frog that is native to the Amazon jungle, and that one's used more for cleansing. It's a it's a purgative, and uh, it's also a very mystical medicine, very much a warrior medicine. It's it's not necessarily a a comfortable process. <laughs> Why would anyone pick that one? <laughs> No, it's so interesting because I asked the same question when I started working with medicines. I'm like, why would you want to do that? And as I evolved on the path and I started learning more about energy and how energy works, you know, there's an invisible field that surrounds our bodies. And often, you know, we're always exchanging information with people um, through our fields without even saying anything. And so as a highly sensitive person who is and the work that I do, I realize like, oh, I'm I'm picking up a lot of energies. And so it is a beautiful tool to cleanse the body, mind, spirit. I mean, the natives in, in the Amazon use it for hunting, uh, primarily hunting reasons and also to cure what they call panema, so negative energies, because it, it does exist. And so it is a powerful powerful tool, really intense. I just served myself last week. It had been several months since I'd sat with it and whew, intense, intense process. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, so cleansing, it's a, you know, really clear and there's so much clarity and there's also, it's a cocktail of, of peptides. So there's several known peptides that come from the combo frog. So it, not only is it detoxifying and clearing out heavy metals, toxins, impurities, negative energies, but it's also filling, you know, the body back with these peptides, these, you know, which are just a few amino acids off of being a protein, building the immune system. It's nicknamed nature's vaccine. So when I disconnected from traditional Western medicine, you know, and started working with the plants, you know, I mean, it's a great immune booster and uh, it serves so many different benefits biologically, spiritually, physically. Wow, it's it's impressive. Like there's so much that is in nature that can cure us. Yeah. Like you really don't need synthetic. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason why there's synthetics, but I mean, when you start to think about these combinations, like the combo, which mm -hmm. is basically like a, a nature's vaccine, as you called it. I mean, it almost seems like why go synthetic when you can get pure, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Great question. And I invite everyone to ask themselves that question. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's talk about this, this toad, because I know this is what you work with primarily. And why did you pick the toad to work for you? I don't think I, I chose it. I, I believe that the toad chose me. And I really connected to the depths, the profundity of the catharsis of the, the stuck emotion of the, 
years of trauma that I had experienced, physical, psychological, emotional, sexual abuse, that that medicine in particular just took the energetic patterns that were distorted and blocked and opened me up to to love and to awareness in a way that just no other medicine had. And so I felt very connected to the spirit of what was being worked within me and around me. And so I, I did. This was, I, so I, that was in 2017. And I assisted shamans and assisted in ceremonies. And, and I studied and I received for years before I, I set out to serve. I almost felt like I knew that I would be doing it after my first journey because it was, it was as if I'd already, like I, I was remembering I had, I had connected with this spirit before. However, I, I also knew that this isn't, I mean, in, in my, perspective, in my humble opinion, it's not something that we set out to try and force and and do. You know, again, I spent my whole life trying to figure out what's my calling? What am I here to do? And, and looking at it through the lens of like traditional, like, oh, this is a job. I, okay. I didn't finish college. And so I often was just riddled with these limiting beliefs about myself and how was I going to fit into a society when I didn't follow the traditional path. And it was at a workshop with Dr. Joe Dispenza several years later after, no, it was about a a year and a half after I'd started on this path that I was revealed completely sober, had a profound mystical experience that let me know that everything that I was shown by these medicines that I had been working with was not a hallucination, that it was indeed true and real. And I had been visited by ancestors and been shown like, I had been told that there was a calling. I had been called and the calling had come from God. And I thought, well, that's a beautiful vision, but I mean, it's just, you know. And so in that moment, in this workshop, I'm having this frequency, which I know is divine, is is God as well, showing me this information. And I was almost paralyzed as if I was in a medicine ceremony, moved, floored beyond words with the information that was coming through. And it was like, this is who you are. You are here to help, help the people heal. So it still took, I mean, another couple of years before I before the medicine came to me. So there were opportunities for me to to serve and assist with guiding people with the Bufo medicine. But I was I was encountered with situations and scenarios that felt out of integrity for me. And I was met with a decision and and it was not an easy choice to make to let go of the very thing that I wanted my whole path in exchange for honoring my integrity. And and so I let it go. I actually gave up on the idea of ever being of service in this way. And it was about a year later that that the medicine came to me. And as a matter of fact, it took the actual toad appeared to me twice that year, came to me in the desert, both in US, in the Sonoran Desert in Tucson, and then later, just several months later in Sonora in Mexico, when I was initiated by the natives there. And so it was, to me, that was the finality of the the toad itself offering its ancestral permission for me to work with it. And so that's when it was like, all right, if you didn't get it the first time, <laughs> Steph, like, here's here we come again, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when it was like, all right, I'm doing this. And so here I am. <laughs> you are, yes. Let's touch upon what you do and how it's filled with integrity because you do honor 
honor the whole process. You honor the people that are there that you get to facilitate with. And I really appreciate that because it is a process. It's not for everybody, but for those that do partake, I mean, I know that for me, while you have this impression, you kind of have to let that go. You kind of have to let it, you got to suspend it in order to allow the information to flow. Mm -hmm. And so for everybody, it's very different, very different. And so can you walk us, you know, just a tad bit about your process and how you help people move through the toad so that they can get to that nirvana state, if you will? Sure. And so for those who don't know, because I'm probably sure I'm that people are like wondering, like, what what do you do? I mean, there's all these cartoons and stuff that we'd see when I was a kid. It was like licking a toad and getting high. It's like, no, it's it's a little different. I mean, <laughs> um, or what we kept saying, sana, sana, colita de yeah, rana. Yeah, yeah. Sana, hoy te sana which maybe this is why we say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the toad, the Sonoran Desert toad, large, big, big, I think it's adorable toad. They live underneath the ground for, they burrow for nine months out of the year and they surface for monsoon season. And so they'll, um, once they emerge from their hibernation, their glands behind their head are filled with the substance, the active tryptamine known as 5-MeO-DMT, nicknamed the God molecule. So the uh, glands are gently pushed and there's this ejaculation of the secretion, which then is dried and is forms a crystalline structure. And those crystals then are vaporized and inhaled through smoking. That's how the medicine is received. And so in response to your question, I feel as though my life experience was my training. Mm for so many years that I had made all these mistakes and everything was wrong. And I had, and no doubt I had harmed a lot of people, including myself. It created a tremendous amount of havoc and chaos. And it was perfect because there was so many lessons that I learned in the depths of just absolute, the abysmal darkness and despair that granted me just golden nuggets of information that you can't read in a book. I mean, it was acquired through experience And that experience granted me a tremendous amount of compassion for humanity and understanding how to navigate and live in those realms of just absolute terror and shame and and aggression. Really, it's like I lived that for so many years. So to be able to when people come to me, people come to me, come for all sorts of reasons, curiosity, some, you know, have issues with drugs, or I I feel that at the end of the day, most people are seeking to find greater sense of wholeness and of of connection with themselves and with their surroundings, with with spirit. And so really, I, I would say that through my life experience and through the work and the training that I have received from the medicine itself has opened my heart I mean, because for me, the message is love. The message is how can I love more so that I can give more, so that I can receive more, so that I can crew, so I can ripple that energy out into the cosmos and elevate this, the consciousness within our planet and the cosmos and ourselves and humanity. So I get centered and I open my heart and I ask, because I have this connection with the spirit of the toad, I believe that it it intuits information. And so through the use of sound, whether that is an instrument or my voice in singing. And again, through years of 
studying with the medicines and and meditation and get and beginning to piece these nuggets of information about the workings of workings of energy and how some of these are laws in the universe have aided. And so with the natives and certain like in the Shipibo tradition in Peru, there's certain songs that are they're native. They they call them Icaros. And it's the sound and the tonalities too that begin to open energy. It's almost like a portal that's created for the movement of energy, for the reorganization of energy. And so that is something that I've I really have begun to see. And and so it just feels intuitive and and helpful in that process of when someone's in the process of, of, of healing. And so often sometimes I'm, you know, into place my hands in a certain position or on a certain place in the body. And some of these gifts that that have awakened within me since on this path, I, I'm still learning and I don't claim to know it all. I'm, I'm oh, again, I'm a student as, as I'm embracing my calling to, to guide people in this way. But really it's, it's to, I hold that container, that energetic container with so much love for people to feel safe, to express in whatever way that soul needs to express in that process for the highest healing for themselves in that time. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. For sure. The soul does express in different ways because we all have different souls, right? You know, we're all on this planet. We have our bodies, but within our bodies, we have the soul. And so as, you know, one goes through this process, you know, some reactions are scarier than others. Mm -hmm. And when they are scary for the person that is undergoing the medicine, do you get a calling right away? What, what, what do you notice it right away? What happens to you? when that situation occurs. This is why I spent years receiving and, and and studying before. I wanted to make sure that this that it came to me and that I wasn't trying to force something uh, that perhaps wasn't mine because things can get really tricky. I mean, and I, how do I say that? It's you're opening up to the realm of spirit. So it's not, you can't use traditional like 3D laws sometimes in this way. And again, I think my my some natural gifts of sensitivity of sensing energies really has aided me, has served me well in the ability to perceive what needs to be moved if if there's something that I should do or not. Um, and and yes, often I do feel it. Often I'm I'm very much attuned to what is what the person is experiencing, and so it'll look different ways sometimes. I can sense that the person is struggling to move the energy and somehow the energy can enter in my body and I can release it through purging. It'll come out either in burps or sometimes vomiting. Um, and uh, again, through the use of, of sound, of, of the rattle or the voice to help, it's going to show up differently for each individual person. But I will tell you that when I first started, I was very much attached to responding to the pain that people were experiencing. And I have moved into a place of I can experience it and not react from that space. I hold that container of being centered and allowing that energy to kind of flow and move and trusting myself and my connection to the medicine. So I I don't, I mean, sometimes some, some experiences, some things that people go through can feel 
really heavy and dense and can look really startling for a lot of people that, you know, are observing. But I don't feel, I don't get attached to the sensation of fear or there's no judgment. I mean, you know, I I just, I think, again, because of the life that I had my training as an adolescent into young adulthood, granted me that gift of knowing those spaces real well and not, it, it doesn't scare me. Yes. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear this. And I know, I mean, well, we're not going to talk about me, but I know that those are those experiences. but then there's also the really beautiful experiences where it's like heavenly, like you shoot up straight to God kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm curious to find out from you, you know, do you also experience that when the person's actually feeling that sensation? Yeah, again, I mean, it's like I can feel it all in the process. And so it's a little bit harder to not like get moved by the intensity of the beauty, right? Because it's like when some of the what we would call lower vibrating emotions start to set in, it's like, oh, you know, center, center. And so there is this celebration of how this person is is really communing, is merging with all that is. And so it is like, you know, celebration and also like, this is their their process, their ceremony center. But of course, I mean, I connect to it all. So yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I love, love this conversation. And I know that we're like, oh my God, no way. It's, it's not over yet. <laughs> but okay. So you mentioned at the top of the hour that you go to places mm-hmm. and you help facilitate these ceremonies. And so I want to know, like, how can someone reach you? Sure. Yes, I do. I I love to, I love this work and service to divine love. For me, it it is a service to divine love for divine love for the maximum healing of our people. And so you can find me and set a consult, set up a consult on my website, Kuralma. So www.kuralma, C-U-R-A-L-M-A.com. So merging cura means to heal, alma is soul. These are soul healing journeys. And so, yeah, just set up a consult through my site and we'll connect on Zoom and, and talk about what, what your calling is and, and how I can be of maximum service to you. I love that. Oh my gosh, so amazing. Amigas, if you have an opportunity to meet Stephanie, I highly suggest you do. And she's just amazing in her craft and she's this beautiful shaman that really, really honors you and and builds the sacred space for you. So if you ever are called, as as Stephanie says, you're called to it, she'd be the perfect human being to facilitate this process. So definitely, we're going to put the information in the show notes. And before I let you go, because I ask all of my amigas that come on this podcast to give me one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit, because that's the name of the podcast. (laughs) I love it. So my suggestion on how to handle your shit is to ask the question, how are you handling your shit? Or does it feel like a strenuous efforting process of trying to move through molasses and make things happen? Or do you feel in flow? Is there more to life that you desire that you feel called to experience? Or are you in a box? Or do you feel stuck? So with answering that question, to inquire what it would be like to experience 
total connection with yourself, alignment, synchronicity, more adventure, and to ask for inspired intuition, for ask for inspired signs mm-hmm. to lead you to to that space. Because I believe that when we are in that flow of life, there's all sorts of magic that happens. And sometimes we get so caught up in the mundane and the action of doing that we miss the whole beauty of this gift we call life. And so that would be my advice on how to handle your shit, amigas. Oh, I love it. I love it. You said a word that really I love is alignment. Hmm. You know, and I always say that, you know, I have this formula that I do that I, and I implemented the the last, you know, nugget as alignment because in the end, in whatever direction you go, is it in alignment with your soul and your highest being, right? Mm -hmm. Does it really flow? Does it really work? And so I really truly believe that if you are called to this, that, you know, find what is in alignment with you. What is it? And, and inquire and, and ask for the signs, mm-hmm. right? Because the universe will respond. You know, it's an asking the question. Asking the question all the time. I love mm-hmm. it. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Is there anything that you'd like to say that I didn't ask? No, I just, I, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story and to share, some, you know, some about this, this holy medicine that I feel we are gifted by our mother, our earth, uh, the divine source of all creation. I mean, these things wouldn't be here. There, there's nothing's in an accident <laughs> Not here in this universe. And so there's inspiration and, and a desire to to explore the unknown from traditional modalities that we've been conditioned to think is the only way, I invite you to honor that call. You will not be disappointed. No, I know. Yeah, definitely. I just jumped in full throttle. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a whole different conversation, Avigas. That's not why we're on here. So... Okay. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I love you. And I can't wait for us to connect again. I love you too. Thank you, sister. Thank you so much for the invite and blessings to you and all your listeners. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.